baseball fans, welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012. It is now the eighth day of September. We're getting near mid-September, folks. 2016, is that the year? Is it still 2016? And I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from the Sully Baseball Studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager Bob Melvin, and just down the 101 from AT&T Park, the home of the San Francisco Giants, which I have a feeling won't be in much use this October, despite it being a even year. I'm, do, am I gonna? Do I even need to say anything? Do I even need to say anything? You know, there are times when you know you're in the doghouse, and whomever you're in trouble with, whether it's your spouse or your parents or your boss or whomever it is, and you know you screwed up. And you know you did the wrong thing, and you see the person. You know, I've had that look from my mother many times, where it's just like, just to look at me, like, you know what you did. We've talked about this before, and there's sometimes no point in even talking about it. And to this, I look at a manager who is going to go to the Baseball Hall of Fame, Bruce Bochy. And I'm just going to look at him. And Bochy's going to look at me. And we're going to nod, saying, yes, I understand. I, I, do under, I do understand. Oh, you understand? Okay, great. Great. Um, why the hell was Santiago Casilla pitching? In the ninth inning. And, you know, don't give me the, oh, he saved the game yesterday, Sully. Yeah, who cares? He got some sparkling demon. Even that was uh, by the skin of his teeth. Okay? You, you, you were trying to build up his confidence. No, 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 no. That time has passed. It is going to be mid-September. There is no building up of your confidence. Well, you know, you got to give Boach credit. He took him out right away. No, no, no. Don't give anyone credit. He brought in Casilla in a two-run game, promptly let up a homer. That's it. He shouldn't have been on the mound for then. As I said, I mean, there's not, no point in bringing it up. I've talked about it. I'm blue in the face. I'm Dodger blue in the face, as in the Dodgers, with all their injuries and all the people on the disabled list that they've had, and the Giants with the best record in baseball at the break, the Dodgers are five games up. Forget all of the, oh, they've got all these head-to-head games with the Dodgers. They're going to have to run the table. They lost the series to the Rockies. They've lost four one-run games since last weekend. Four. Wait, yeah, four. Four of them. And nearly, and you know, it was just, 
a fabulous defensive play in Wrigley Field and some sharp defense last night that kept them from just losing all the one-run games. So, I mean, what's there to say? The only thing to say is a little bit of absurdity that I, I looked up because I said, wait, but this can't possibly be true. This can't possibly be true, and it is. Uh, it is. Uh, I, I've I've always felt that the um, one of the most worthless stats in the world was the uh, uh, fielding percentage. I think fielding percentage is a horrifically meaningless stat because it just tells, oh, he's got this many errors. Well. It penalizes people for making an effort. If you're just standing there, you have no range, and a ball rolls past you that you could easily feel. If you even get a glove on, you're not going to get an error. If you make a great effort for it, you'll get an error. I mean, this doesn't tell you anything. But the hold, the hold, which is a nice idea to give middle relievers something to build up, to give middle relievers something to... uh, piece together and and compile stats. It's a great theory. It doesn't work in practice. Do you know why? Casilla got a hold. He got a hold. He retired one batter, let up two hits, including a homer. And he gets to put that in the positive column on his resume because he got a hold that day. Now, Osage got the loss because he hit the one batter he faced in the head. And then Joe Nathan, bless him for giving a whirl, but guess what? He uh, got his first blown save. And part of, the, part of that was because, you know, it's course field, so you got to play, you know, basically on a rocky mountain. But they were in no doubles defense, which turned into more singles defense. And a ball which would normally have been caught under most circumstances, but because uh, uh, the, the outfield was playing actually on top of the wall, the ball was able to come in. Instead of being the second out, it became bases loaded, and then everything was just, everything went to crap after that. Dodgers are going to win this division. Dodgers are going to win this division. Now, the Giants. As of right now, let's just go to the standings because, you know, it's now past the we're, – we're past Labor Day. So anytime you can say if the playoffs started today, you don't sound absurd. And if the playoff – because the St. Louis Cardinals lost today, the Giants are still in it. They still would host the wild card game. But here's the deal. They're only one game – in the loss column ahead of the Mets. And they are tied in the loss column with St. Louis. They are only one, they are one game out of missing the playoffs totally. So hang on tight to that even year. And you know what? You've got, there's what, three weeks left? If Casilla, I mean, Casilla should be in a straitjacket. In the ninth inning, there should be no. The only way you bring Casilla in in the ninth inning is if it's ten nothing. If it's ten nothing, Dodgers are going to win the division. I can't believe it. Uh, 
I mean, I, I mean, I can believe it, but I mean, it's that's just the fact of the matter. And for the Dodgers, the you know news got even better as Clayton Kershaw is going to come off the disabled list and be back on the roster this weekend. And that's you know that's fabulous news for the LA Dodgers. And something, you know, I I. I came to a little weird conclusion about Kershaw. You know, Clayton Kershaw is obviously uh, a wonderful pitcher, obviously the elite pitcher in baseball. He was well on his way to yet another uh, Cy Young Award. I'm on BaseballReference.com, the single greatest website in the history of the planet Earth. Uh, They list him as his uh, nicknames as The Claw. All right. Kid K, yeah, the Minotaur. Never heard of that? Love that. I'm going to start calling the Minotaur from now on. Uh, really since 2011, 2011, when he won his first Cy Young Award, he's been the lowest he's ranked in the Cy Young ranking since then has been third. That was last year, an off year where he had an ERA of 2.13 and led the league in strikeouts and innings pitched in FIP. In most years, he leads the league in everything. They just type his baseball reference column in bold italics. He was well on his way to winning the Cy Young Award this year when injuries have derailed him, but he's going to be back. And if he is merely good, he'll wind up winning, you know, winning a few games down the stretch. You know, he'll, have, he'll probably get his 14 wins which will match the total he had in 2012 when he was the runner-up to R.A. Dickey in the Cy Young Award, despite leading the league in most categories. He is, you know, he's put together a one, two, three, four, five, let's say at a five-and-a-half-year peak, which has been outstanding. And if you look at, you know, some of the, the similar pitchers in terms of career already, you know, pitchers like Price, Wainwright, John Tudor, Max Scherzer, Babe Ruth, interestingly, uh, Don Gullett, kind of those, you know, really terrific pitchers, not quite Hall of Fame yet, but really getting there. And when you look at the similar pitchers per age, I mean, that they're all like Seaver, Pedro, Clemens, Marischal, Carlton, I mean, Jim Palmer. He is putting together a Hall of Fame career. So, the interesting thing, though, as he is signed through 2020, and he will have, uh, next year will be his 10th year with the Dodgers. So, we'll put in his 10 years with the Dodgers, but he has signed well into the, he's signed through the, the next decade, or the, through the end of the decade. But I was starting to think about this. Because I had talked about this on a previous podcast. I'm going to say something. And listen to me. And listen to me well. By the time it is all said and done, Clayton Kershaw may be, he's not there yet, but he may be the greatest Dodger of all. Now, throw tomatoes at me all you want. 
There's something you need to remember about Dodger history, which is strange, because the Dodgers go back there to the National League in the 19th century. The Dodgers had some of the great runs, at least in terms of pennant winning, uh, through the 40s, 50s, 60s, into the 70s, into the 80s, where they were always a World Series team or close to it, where they had legends, they had legendary Hall of Fame performances, they had some more Cy Young Award winners than you can name. Big, big-time hits from big, big-time players. And yet, when you look at the history of the Dodgers, they don't have, first of all, they don't have that gigantic offensive figure in their history. They've had some fine offensive players. You know, Duke Snyder was a fine player. Hall of Fame caliber player? Sure. So was Pee Wee Reese. Absolutely. But there is no Frank, Frank Robinson was a Dodger towards the end of his career. But there is no Frank Robinson who played his prime with the Dodgers. There is no Ken Griffey Jr. There is no Bonds. There is no Mays. There is no Ted Williams. There is no Ruth. There is no DiMaggio. There is no Mantle. There is no player along those lines, that great offensive player who was that kind of dominating, consistent MVP year in and year out. You could make the argument that if they didn't trade him, Mike Piazza could very well have been that player. Possibly. Possibly. But they did, and now he's a Met legend. I was doing research on an article on a uh, upcoming podcast that I'm about to do about the idea of the greatest player in franchise history, and I believe Mike Trout is may not statistically be there. I think he is the greatest player in Angel history, and I don't think it will be long for him to pass the Chuck Finleys and Nolan Ryan's of the world to be the greatest Angel of all time. Like the Dodgers, there's not been that colossal figure. Well, now there is in Mike Trout. And all he has to do is not be hurt, and he will be, in just a couple of years, the greatest angel of all time. And I was doing something about the, Mariner, the Mariners and the Marlins and the Rays and the Diamondbacks and the Rockies. And then I came to the conclusion. And I talked, as I said, I talked about this in a previous podcast, about the fact that there is no colossal offensive figure in the history of the Dodgers who played the bulk of their career as a member of the L.A. Dodgers. But if you say, who's the greatest Dodger of all time? Now, if you're going to be a sabermetrician and you're going to use advanced stats and everything, the answer to that question is Don Drysdale. Statistically, using all the war and this and that, the other thing, all that stuff I don't know how to calculate, they put it in the computer, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, and outspits Don Drysdale. Fine pitcher. Terrific career, Hall of Famer. No quarrel with him being in the Hall of Fame. But it's interesting that the name that spat out is considered to be Robin to the Batman of his era, which would be Sandy Koufax. And also, you know, the, the Sabre metrically, uh, Pee Wee Reese, Duke Snyder, Jackie Robinson, and Zach Wheat make up the top five Dodgers of all time. And it struck me as interesting that 
if there is a Mount Rushmore for the Dodgers, it's a strange Mount Rushmore because the greatest statistical player in the Dodgers was the sidekick to the great legend of the Dodgers. The Dodgers have two transcendent legends in their team's history. One was from Pasadena and played in Brooklyn. That was Jackie Robinson. The other was from Brooklyn and played in Los Angeles. That is Sandy Koufax. Those are the two towering legends. Greatest Dodger in terms of their effect on the franchise, their legend, and all the stuff and the the shadow that they keep over the team. But Sandy cut his career off short, as did Jackie. Both of them walked away. Jackie was already starting to lose a step or three as he began his career uh, a little older than most rookies because, well, gee whiz, he broke the color barrier. And Sandy Koufax was at the absolute peak and pinnacle of his career and decided to walk away, ostensibly because he wanted to save his arm, which was starting to, you know, he was probably going to lose use of his arm if he kept pitching the way he did. Also, lest we forget, he and Don Drysdale had a bitter contract dispute with the L.A. Dodgers that year, and Sandy just happened to walk away at that point. There may have been a little middle finger at the O'Malley's going on there. Either way, Koufax and Robinson are the transcendent figures in Dodger history, and they walked away when they could have continued playing and piling up the numbers. Drysdale, there are some people who debate whether or not Drysdale is a Hall of Famer. If the greatest player in a franchise's history is someone whose Hall of Fame credentials can be debated, then that's a strange franchise, especially for one that has experienced so much success, like the Dodgers have, whether they're Brooklyn or whether they're Los Angeles. But that's the case with them. Which leads me back to Kershaw. Kershaw, if he stays healthy, will pass Koufax in terms of career numbers and will probably pass Drysdale in terms of career numbers. And when you look at the offensive players in Dodger history, whether it's the aforementioned Snyder, Reese, Wheat, and Jackie Robinson, also, lest we forget uh, Willie Davis, who had a fine career with the Dodgers. But would Kershaw leapfrog them? I guess the thing I'm bringing up is the significance of Kershaw in Los Angeles Dodgers history. He could wind up being the greatest Dodger of all time, statistically. He could be the biggest Dodger of them all. And yet, is he? Is he the victim of not having the great World Series highlight? Certainly Koufax had that. Certainly Drysdale had that. Jackie played in plenty of World Series, as did Pee Wee, as did Duke Snyder. Picking up World Series rings, as did Roy Campanella. As did Willie Davis. You know, when you think about, you know, Fernando 
is probably someone that is one of the most beloved Dodger stars of all time, one of the most influential and one of the most important Dodger stars of all time. And he had his great World Series moment with a complete game victory over the Yankees in Game 3 of the 1981 World Series. And in fact, they won the World Series in Fernando Mania. The fact that Oral Hershiser won in the year that he dominated. The fact that Garvey finally won his ring. That Ron Say finally won his ring. It's unfortunate that Kershaw's legacy is going to be tied to a handful of bad games against the St. Louis Cardinals and one bad game against the Mets. But it kind of sort of is at this point. I don't think it's fair, but what I'm saying is this. The Dodgers are making the postseason. I made that clear earlier. They're going to win the division. I made that clear again. Do I think they're going to beat the Cubs? I don't think so. I think that if any National League team has a chance to win the pennant over the Chicago Cubs, I personally think it's Washington. But then again, I've been wrong before. We were all wrong in 2014 when the Giants wound up winning the World Series. And it was Madison Bumgarner who picked the team up, put them on his shoulders, and got them the ring and made everyone think, hey, maybe this even year thing is a real thing. And it all looked super real when the Giants had the best record in baseball at the All-Star break, which they did, believe it or not, that actually happened. If Kershaw can come back from injury and help the Dodgers win the World Series and get that proverbial monkey off of his back, then we have to seriously ask ourselves, are we seeing the greatest Dodger ever? Or perhaps he will have a different kind of legacy, where it is he is clear that he is the best, but he's missing that one thing on his resume. And will he be that figure like John Elway, winning at the end, dropping the proverbial mic and walking off a champion? Look it, the Giants are my favorite National League team. But this may be sacrilegious to some of my many Giant fan friends. Say that 78 times fast. When I say I have no ill will against the Dodgers, I wouldn't mind seeing the Dodgers win. I'd rather see the Dodgers win than the Cubs win because I don't like a role that's Chapman. But if the Dodgers win this year, and if the Dodgers win with Kershaw, take a good long look at him. Sure, Evan Longoria and Giancarlo Stanton and Mike Trout are the greatest players in franchises that have not been chocked full of great you know, franchise players in their career. The Dodgers, a charter team, a championship team, a team with a deep, deep history may very well have their greatest player of them all. So let's savor that, folks. And let's, well, at least appreciate it. So, who owned baseball for the seventh day of September? Um, Jarrell Cotton. 
I think I'm pronouncing his name correctly, uh, was a Dodger farmhand, got traded to the A's, made his big league debut, and pitched six and a third fantastic innings, beating the Angels 4-1. to uh, Matt Garza pitched a great game against the Cubs, holding him to one run. Adam Lind got on base three times, homering twice, and uh, got a grand slam. And the Mariners' slim hopes are kept alive by beating the Rangers 8-3. to And Jonathan VR of the Brewers provided all of Milwaukee's offense by hitting a pair of solo home runs. They beat the Cubs 2-1. to uh, Half wobs. Kendrys Morales, 3-for-4 four homer. But the Royals lost to the Twins. The Royals are starting to slip away. Uh, Robbie Ray struck out 12 Dodgers in six innings, but he also let up three runs, and the Diamondbacks lost 3-1. to one. And Dansby Swanson, thinking, speaking of the Diamondbacks, former Diamondbacks number one pick, now with the Braves, had a terrific game, got on base three times, homered, but the Braves lost a wild game to the Nationals 5-4. to four. So if you keep the score at home, that's Jonathan VR, uh, Adam Lynn, Matt Garza, and Jarrell, boy, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, Cotton, Full Wobs, Half Wobs, Kendris Morales, Robbie Ray, Dansby Swanson. Go to SlugBaseBook.com, like me on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram, I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. This has been the Dodgerific Sully Baseball Daily Podcast for the 8th day of September. It's getting late, Giants, 2016. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.